Welcome to A Raw Perspective, a fresh point of view. I am your host, Richard Wallace, once again in the booth, and I am delighted to talk about today's topic. Today's topic has been on my mind for quite some time because this is an opportunity for me to nerd out with you all. If you truly know who I am, I like space stuff. I like pirate stuff. Why do you like those two things? Because growing up, I always had an aspiration of adventure. Always wanting to learn new things beyond my five block radius. Because at a young age, my parents instilled into me that the world is bigger than your own house. And... I've had the privilege of going to different museums to see all this cool stuff when growing up and looking at things that have yet to be explored to its fullest potential have always been things that happen within space and things that happen even on our own planet underneath the surface. I mean, in the water, we haven't even tapped what's even in our entire ecosystem of aquatics. And this has always been something that I have had multiple interests in. Even at a young age, I remember watching Nickelodeon in the early 90s, and there was a commercial to entice students, not students, entice people to come to space camp, entice kids. And looking at what they did, they got to get in the spacesuit, imitate going on the moon, even though you're in, I don't know how many gallons of water, to show the weightlessness of, of space. And I wanted to go to Huntsville, Alabama, but I never got the opportunity to go. Is it something that I regret? I mean, I won't say regret because there's always still time, as much time as is allotted to me at this point in my life. I do hopefully one day want to go to Huntsville, Alabama to do space camp <laughs> and, and get that actual experience. Even growing up, I was, I was very interested in science and math growing up. I think where my interest deterred was freshman year of high school when I didn't do relatively well in chemistry. I think I got a C. I think that was the only C that I got in in high school. But everything else I was I was doing, I was excelling. Uh, never had challenges with math. Oh, okay. As I understood multiplication and then we went to pre-algebra and algebra Geometry. That stuff was easy. That stuff was just, that came to me. Physics, that came to me as well. Those were the sciences that I excelled in back in high school. And I'm not sure why I didn't pursue those interests. Maybe because I was afraid of failure back then when I look at it now. But even my high school had different resources. I would consider my high school very privileged and, and very, very wealthy 
because we had a planetarium that is attached to our high school. Meaning you'll be able to see the constellation stars. Like what what high school has a planetarium attached to to their high school? And they would consider our school where I went, Wabonzi Valley High School, located in Aurora, Illinois. The ghetto school, because we had more students of color that came to our institution, which is so ghetto is referred to folks of color. It's just why we have to change our verbiage and our vernacular. But as I've grown to uh, an adult, you know, in my 30 now, seeing those different things, I didn't really take as much opportunity like I should have when I was younger. But as I've, I've grown up, I've still had love and appreciation to go to museums as I've grown up actually had some disposable income to increase my knowledge. There is a museum called the Museum of Science and Industry located in Chicago, Illinois. And that just turns on so many wires in in my head, just the, the sparks that just go. And I'm just in awe with all the different type of exhibits just to show how far we have come as human beings and there's different exhibits about space about universe about how we got to where we are now and knowing that right now in our own conscious is we are we this is all we know the earth the moon the solar system the milky way galaxy but we don't really put in the concept of time of how far these things are from each other. Like our nearest galaxy, the Andromeda galaxy, is light years, thousands of years away that we would never be able to get to if we went at the rate of the speed of light, which is the fastest thing that we, we all know. There's nothing faster than the speed of light that we have relatively found at this time. So there's no way that we can get there based on the rules that are are now. Not to say that rules can change. Rules can always change. But at this time, the speed of light is all that we have, and that is the fastest thing that we have. So we're, we're understanding that concept of, of speed of light. And how much time the universe has has developed. I mean, how can we, who, like us, as human beings, who've rarely lived more than centuries, have a grasp of the vast of time within the history of, of the universe? Or, as Carl Sagan would call it, the cosmos. Uh, Carl Sagan is probably one of the founders of astrophysicism. Being able to be an advocate for for things of the universe. What is beyond the great beyond? Um, I would, if you don't know who Carl Sagan is, I would Google him just to get a little abreast about who he was. Um, so, an American astron- astronomer, uh, planetary scientist, astrophysicist, cosmo- cosmologist. Just 
all things science and space. Uh, like, he's best known for research for extraterrestrial life, including like ex experimental demonstrations of amino acids from basic chemicals by radiation. Uh, he was also one of the first people to be an advocate for climate change within in the planet because this is all that we know right now, so we might as well try and preserve our life because when folks talk in Congress about climate change and talking about saving Earth, realistically, Earth is still going to be here. What they mean is saving ourselves from our impending doom because what has science has shown us Everything will become extinct. We will cease to exist as human beings at one point in time. Sorry to get morbid on you, but everything goes to die. And if you're trying to prolong your life or the life of generations and generations, we need to be more proactive within being conscious of our environment. Because environments have changed. Now, what does this have to do with the universe? Well, the universe is about 13.8 thousand million years old. <laughs> so in order to imagine all that cosmic time, so yeah, 13.8 thousand million years. That's, that's a lot of years. <laughs> and our brain cannot fully gravitate that amount of time that has been transpired. So what I'm going to do, thanks to watching Cosmos, and there's another astrophysicist that more people might be familiar with, is Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, I'm going to be referencing his rendition of Cosmos, because Cosmos was originally made by Carl Sagan, and then Neil deGrasse Tyson did a new rendition of Cosmos. And there's an even newer version of Cosmos that took place, I believe, last year before the global pandemic to talk about similar stuff. If you're interested in it, I recommend going to Disney+. Plus. If you go to the National Geographic section, you'll be able to reference that. I'll even reference that in the podcast as well. So, in order for us to wrap our minds around how how much time the universe has transpired we have to compress it into a calendar year <laughs> that 13.8 thousand million years into a calculated year and we're going to start from the inception of the universe until all the way so January 1st the start of the the universe all the way to December 31st. So we'll 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 start with January 1st with the birth of our universe. It contains everything that has happened since then up to now. <laughs> so we'll go from January 1st all the way up till midnight to December 31st as explained by Neil deGrasse Tyson. On, on a scale like this, so every month would represent about a billion years. So every day would represent nearly about 40 million years. 
just to have you grasp that concept. <laughs> so, we're going to go back to January 1, from the very first moments of, of the universe. And I'm not sure if you know what the first thing that happened. So, January 1st, it was considered the Big Bang. <laughs> That's where we start. And there's always like arguments of like what what caused the Big Bang? So it's it's the Big Bang is as far as we can see in time at, at this moment. So our entire universe really emerged from this one small point, which it's smaller than an atom. There was just this huge explosion that just took place. And space itself exploded into just this fire launching the expansion of our universe and giving birth to all matter, all energy that we know today. So, you, me, uh, the lint in your hair, the air you breathe is from the creation of the universe. We are all made up of the universe, which is just... Mind blowing. It might sound crazy, but that science is is proven with with theories and backed up with evidence. That there's strong evidence that supported what was called a Big Bang theory, and we can get into the whole gamut about creationism, saying God created the earth and the heavens and the earth in seven days, and we can go back and forth on that. It's like how how is it like billions of years? How dare you like do this. I'm not, I'm just stating scientific fact. If we want to really talk about God and, and the relativity of time, if you want to go biblical, God doesn't work in time. So the seven days that were written in the Bible could have been that 13.8 thousand million years, which is 13.8 billion years. But there is, so. So yeah, there's evidence that, that shows that there was a Big Bang and it includes the amount of helium within the cosmos that took place and the glow of radio waves that were left over from this explosion. There is proof. Proof. Look it up. But, so when that Big Bang happened, things expanded. So And the universe cooled. So there was one hot moment and then as time progresses things happen and then there was about darkness for I want to say give or take about 200 million years once that explosion took place and then what took place after that gravity was pulling together these clumps of gas as the universe was starting to cool down and it was starting to heat them up <laughs> until we get to I would say January 10 so remember each day is about for what is it 40 million years so our first stars start to come around January 10th from the cosmic calendar that we have just created so yeah we, we get stars January 10th and then as as time progresses we'll, we'll keep going on the, the cosmic calendar January 13th these stars called ascend into what we consider small galaxies. This is where we start to get galaxies, y'all. That is amazing. So in that span of time, galaxies started to merge 
to form still larger ones, like including where we are right now, the Milky Way galaxy. We were formed from the, the remnants of the Big Bang to stars coming together, gravity forming together, clumping them together, making small galaxies, making big galaxies, which we have today is the Milky Way. So which this formed about 11 billion years ago. So we're going to go jump through time because space, it, it takes a while. So we're going to go jump the map to, let's say, March 15th of this, this cosmic calendar. Hundreds of billions of suns uh, were being created. And get this, our sun hasn't even been born yet. <laughs> that, is, that is just amazing. Uh, the reason why our sun hasn't been made, because the former stars have not blown up yet. So it will rise from the ashes from other stars. We haven't even been even thought of. So, each star that blows up is called a supernova, a supernova. So, it's the blazing death of a giant star. If you were to see it in, in real time, you would just see bursts of light like fireworks going from time and time and time again. And then stars die, which is why everything lives and everything dies, and then are born in places called what we would say a stellar nursery and what happens of the remnants of the stars is they condense like raindrops to form giant clouds of gas and dust and they get super hot that when the nuclei of the atoms they fuse together they make with them the oxygen that we breathe the carbon in our muscles the calcium in the bones the iron in our blood like all of this was cooked from dead stars. All of the stuff that we are made of today is cooked from dead stuff. Life after death, this is why I believe that there is life after death because there is still life. Come on, y'all. Sorry, I'm in, my, I'm in my bag today as far as you're talking about. So everything that you're talking about that created us, it comes from dead stuff. You, me, everyone. Again, we're made of all of, of the stars. We are made of stars. Come on, y'all. Stars, it's, it's, it's a rinse and repeat. Stars get recycled and rinsed again and again and again. Supernovas happen time after time through succeeding generations of stars. They live, they die. Boom. So, when, does, when do we become the sun? Um, like... From our cosmic galaxy, so we're in March. We're not going to shine. We're not going to have a sun for about another 6 billion years, y'all. <laughs> because that's how much time it takes. But if we're going down the calendar, we go from March 15th to August 31st with all those different supernovas happening time and time and time again. We're going to head to August 31st within our, our calendar. That would be the day that our sun was born. The sun just came came out. So about four and a half billion years ago. So, as with other worlds in our solar system, Earth was formed from disk of gas, dust orbiting this newborn sun. Uh, so repeated collisions produced by a growing ball of debris. 
the earth went through some things, y'all. <laughs> the earth was not how I see it. Um, so the time when things were coming to debris, dust, and all of that, there's different asteroids. So there was this one asteroid because there's this one asteroid that caused humanity as we know it from scientific proof. Um, because we exist because of the, of the gravity of, of asteroids nudging each other just by like an inch or a centimeter to like, they've, they've proven this through science. Like this asteroid hits another asteroid and it changes its trajectory by a little bit, like inches. And what, if that didn't happen, what would be transpired of life? We wouldn't probably have life as we know. We don't know. Those are the things. Uh, that's the thing with, with science. Because when scientists say they don't know anything, they're not going to try and find and make up an answer. They're going to say that they don't know. And they will find out. You just have to wait and see what, what transpires. Because Earth took a hell of a beating for its first billion years asteroids kicking the crap out of it fragments of orbits debris colliding coalescing and then snowballed formed our moon the moon is a souvenir of the violence that took place on earth and it stood on the surface of a long time ago so the moon was created because of the gravitational pull of what the earth was going through earth was getting smacked down left and right like holy crap and this is the debris that caused the moon to be where it is. Uh, the moon was so much closer than it was in today's standpoint. The moon was 100 times brighter, too. Um, it, it was 10 times closer and locked in much more of an intimate gravitational embrace with the, you know, newfound Earth. So, as Earth began to cool, this is where we get... Um, the seas to form and like this is where things are starting to happen y'all <laughs> things are are happening on earth that 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 we're seeing there like tides were a thousand times higher back then because the way that the moon was this is what caused like mountains to erode like tidal waves causing things to happen and then as time progressed, the earth was pushed away. Um, so this is where we get our landscape. This is where we get our environment. This is where you get Pangea. And this is where life was about to start. Life began somewhere between, let's say, seven, like September 21st. So three and a half billion years ago is where life was originally found. <laughs> Which... We don't even know how life got started, but for all we know, we came part of the Milky, Galaxy, Milky Way galaxy. And the origin of life is still one of the most unsolved mysteries of science. You can talk about creationism if you want to. That's where you can put in God. So be it. At this time, scientifically, we cannot prove where we, we came from. But it's still pretty damn cool. We just came... We just, we had life cooking. Like, we were evolving over biochemical recipes of incredibly complex activities. Like, like, September 24th, 21st to November 9th, life was 
breathing and moving, we just began to have life eating, responding to its environment. We owe a lot of this to the microbes. Yeah. It also invented, like, um, procreation, so sex. <laughs> so we're going from time. So December 17th in the cosmic calendar was pretty much a, a historic day. <laughs> um, life in the sea really took off. It was It exploded with a diversity of plants, large plants, large animals. Uh, it was the Tillakik, if I said it correctly, was one of the first animals to venture on to land, <laughs> which was an amazing feat. And when new life came onto land, because we originated from water, like forests, dinosaurs, birds, insects, like all evolved in pretty much the final week of December. Like the first flowers. <laughs> they bloomed around December 28th, if we're talking about it from the cosmic calendar. Like, as ancient forests grew and died and sank beneath the surface, the remains transformed into coal. And 300 million years later, we humans are burning most of the, the coal to, because of power and civilization. Just think about that. 300 million years. <laughs> so, remember about that, that that asteroid that was nudged just a little bit back at the formation of, of the solar system? Remember that? Just nudged a little bit? Well, that asteroid so happened to happen, let's say... We'll give it even time. So on at 6.24 in the morning on December 30th in the Cosmo Cal... Cosmo Cal... I can't talk today. Cosmic calendar. That's when the asteroid hit and that's when all the dinosaurs went to die and cease and, and all of that. That is what took place. For more than 100 million years, dinosaurs ruled the Earth. And then while we, like our ancestors, small mammals, scurried fearfully underfoot. We were, we live with dinosaurs, y'all. We live with dinosaurs. Scientific fact. But the asteroid really changed all that. What would have happened if the asteroid didn't hit at all? It could have missed Earth completely and dinosaurs still might be here. So this is a good example of extreme contingency and the chance of nature of existence. So the universe is more than 13 and a half billion years old already. So where, where is the sign of us? <laughs> like, uh, if you look at the vast ocean of time this calendar represents, we human beings, us homo sapiens, only evolved within the last hour on the last day of the cosmic calendar. That means we were literally born <laughs> at 11 p.m. <laughs> on December 31st of the cosmic galaxy, if you want to put in into time of where we are. So 11.59 and 46 seconds, if you want to be precise about it. All recorded history occupies only about 14 seconds. <laughs> so everything that we know today 
and every person that you've heard of that lived somewhere within history is only about 14 seconds of time. So all the kings, all the battles, migrations, inventions, wars, and love, all of that for a span of time, only for 14 seconds <laughs> in the last seconds of our cosmic calendar at this time. Uh, if you want to even explore it even more, like we have to even go more minute. We have to change the scale. <laughs> like that's how much time that we've been here for human existence, 14 seconds. Because we're pretty much newcomers to the cosmos. Like, our story only begins on the last night of the cosmic year. We are literally there. Like, Happy New Year hasn't really even happened yet. Like, it's 9.45 on New Year's Eve. <laughs> Three and a half million years ago, <laughs> our ancestors left traces. This is where the, the form of, of human beings came. Uh, we stood up, parted ways from, from them, and we dwelled on our two feet. Our eyes were no longer fixed on the ground. We could see up. We were free to look up and in wonder. That's, for the longest part of human existence, let's say the last 4,000 generations, um, we, were, we wandered. We, we lived in small bands of hunters and gatherers, making tools, making fire, trying to name things all within the last hour of this cosmic calendar that we have, <laughs> which is, it's still mind blowing that, wow, all of life that we know is literally 14 seconds on the cosmic calendar. It just, we have, we, the last minute and the last night of the cosmic calendar is human existence. So at 11.59 PM, we are like very young in the scale of the universe. We didn't start painting our pictures until like 60 seconds left in the cosmic year. That's a mere about 30,000 years ago of recorded paintings if we wanted to scale it. So 60 seconds is equivalent to 30,000 years. <laughs> it's just, wow. And then when we invented astronomy and when we descended from astronomers, our survival depended on knowing how to read stars. It's where we get astronomy. It's where we predicted the coming of winters, the migration of wild herds. That was around 10,000 years ago. And then there was a revolution in the way we lived. Our ancestors learned how to shape their environment, taming wild plants and animals, cultivating land, settling down. This really changed everything that we know this start of life. For the first time in our history, we had more stuff that we can carry and we needed a way to keep track of it. This is where at 14 seconds to midnight, this is where about 6,000 years ago, we invented writing. <laughs> and it wasn't long before we started recording more than just like food. Like we, writing allowed us to save our thoughts when, and send them much further into, into the future. So. Tiny markings on clay became a means for us to vanquish morality. It, it, it changed the world. Moses was born about seven seconds ago in the cosmic atmosphere. Buddha was born about six seconds ago. Jesus was born about five seconds ago. 
Muhammad was born about three seconds ago. It's not even two seconds ago, for better or worse, <laughs> that the two halves of the earth discovered each other. So, you know, when people were settling uh, to try and find the new world, as you would say, the early English settlers. And it's only up to the very last second of the cosmic calendar where we began to use science to reveal nature's secrets and laws. Literally just thousands of years. Like hundred, like even hundreds, maybe even hundreds, so about 400 years. Scientific method became so powerful in about 400 years. It has taken us from Galileo's first look through a telescope at a world to what we have telescopes and and the Hubble telescope, we have footprints on the moon. It's allowed us to look across space and time. Like, we've discovered where and where we are in our cosmos. That is... That is a... Mind-blowing. <laughs> That's it just... We we are in, a, in an unprecedented time of just wonder that's just amazing just to think about how far we have came in the mere minutes like the 14 minutes of human existence to the seconds of how we became to what we are today so looking at the way that life is yeah we see people in positions of power we see individuals you know in their bag as they say but you got to realize that all of this just happened. And that's just what's mind-blowing about the whole the whole thing. It's it's a, it's a it's a thing of beauty and it just makes you think about are we like the first ones to step foot into existence? Are we part of a process to keep changing through evolutionary theory? I mean, I talked about like space and what's out there in an earlier podcast. I know I was nervous as hell when I did that one. And I was just all over the place. But this one I was more succinct and precise thanks to watching Cosmos, writing down materials from what Neil Grass Tyson had stated. Um, so definitely giving him the credit about what I've learned through here to talk about like the wonders of the universe. I mean, we are part of the cosmos we are part of stars and space if you even want to see how fast it takes to travel time you can see like a moon as a pixel you can google that and see how long it takes you to travel the entire solar system in the speed of light it's going to take you like hours about four to five six hours it might take you half your day to travel the solar system at the mere speed of light. The only thing that we know if we put in a bottle that is the fastest thing that we have. But the, the worlds are so inf infinite. I mean, there are numerous Earth-like habitats that we won't be able to venture to because we can't just get to them at this time. And this is just the known universe that we have. There could be multiple universes. There could be a multiverse. There could be a guy that looks similar to me doing a podcast similar to this, but lives in 
what they would consider California. Who knows? There are multiple variations that that can just make your mind just go, huh, are we really alone out there? Through all the evolutionary process. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe that there is an intelligent design and an intelligent designer. That's that's the the ground that I'm going to, to stick on. Um, all of this coming just out of mere accident, mere chance. That's something I don't believe. There had to be some thought. There had to be some design. And we just don't know who or what that thing is at this time. But as science improves and evolutionary theory improves, we, we, we can know. Um, those are some of the things that just go on in my head when I'm thinking about space, time, travel. <laughs> it's just my imagination just goes out the, out the door. It's just it's never too late to learn. That's what I'm going to say. It's never too late to learn. So I might not be an astrophysicist or an astronaut, what I wanted to aspire to be when I was little, but I can still have those desires, those hopes and dreams, and you're never too old to not learn something new. If you are interested in, in learning this stuff, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'll put some links in the podcast for you to you know, get informed, get educated. Uh, there's, there's a whole world that hasn't been even tapped, and we literally only living in 14 minutes of it. And as far as human existence, only 60 seconds of it. We are literally only been in existence from the cosmic calendar for a blink of an eye. <laughs> Which is what's amazing. So that's why I, I'm very hopeful for, for my future because I might feel down right now and a pandemic is making folks feel hopeless, making folks feel lost. But I have a desire with the, the blink of an eye that I have on this planet and I feel like I'm going to do great things and I'm going to do great things with my significant other. I'm going to do great things with, with the family that that hopefully manifests into this world. Like I, I, I think of these things from like the, the hope of how the universe happened. It just happened out of, out of nothing so far. <laughs> And that just gives me hope because it just makes me, empowers me to, you know, dream of, of wealth, dream of, of, of security, dreams of teaching others. Those are the things that I want to pass on before it's my time to go. Because at the end of the day, thousands of years from now, no one's going to care about us. Millions of years from now, nobody's going to care about those people that cared about those people. We're all going to go back into the cosmos because realistically we're all stars. We really are stars. So with that being said, my name is Richard Anthony Wallace. This is A Raw Perspective. Peace.